Now it's True Wealth presented by Little John Financial Services. Here is David Littlejohn with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. All right, gang. Welcome back. The best Tuesday you've had all week. Is, can, how many right? times can we keep saying it's, it's the best Tuesday we? <laughs> I know. As he says it, what, what? And yeah. It's because we've been on this little run and we're watching after hours as Google and Microsoft are getting crushed. And, Why, David? Why? Uh, because no good deed goes unpunished, Matt. Yeah, That's I mean, just how it works. they're out here trying their hardest, but they're just not making as much money, are they? I think they're. It's not about the money as much as the uh, expectations right now. Okay, well, maybe it is. It looks like YouTube for Google came up short of estimates, and so they're getting shellacked here. It was actually a great day in the market. It the was. Nasdaq was up over two percent. Uh, S and P up one point six and change. Dow up. Uh, a little over 1%. Russell 2000 up over 2.7%. Yes. And oil back down below 85 bucks a barrel. So it was largely better, but uh, then we've seen a couple of the big tech stalwarts, kind of the, right. you know, the, the I mean, anchors, and they're getting pounded on right now. It's not a good sign when you see some, I mean, Google and Microsoft, think of their market capitalization, right? Like how much of the S&P 500 do those comp just those two companies take up? I, I mean, know. probably almost four or 5% of it by yeah. itself. Yeah. And so, I mean, if the they're top having- Top 10 stocks are, I, I know it's like the top 20 stocks are like a third. Sure. And so if, and if those are two of the larger ones in there, it's like, well, if they yeah. have a really bad day, everyone- the top 10 percent of I thought stocks. that I thought that Google, Microsoft, Amazon and Tesla, just those four, I think at one point made up almost like 15% of the entire S&P 500. Now, that's probably not relevant right now at this moment because it might it, still be. Let's it see. might, I mean it's probably Here's pretty close. Here's the top close. 10. Okay. Uh, and coming from Investopedia, Apple, 6.99%. Okay. Microsoft, 5.63%. Amazon, 32 Tesla, 1.96%. Google has two different share classes, A and C shares, totaling 193 and 1.71% each. Berkshire Hathaway at 1.59% and United Healthcare at one5 Yeah, so if you take those top four or five companies and add that number up, I mean, we've got to be what? Mm-hmm. Close to 15%. Well, I mean, if we just looked at the top three, Microsoft at seven, just under seven, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I'm sorry, Apple at 6.99. So we'll call Microsoft it seven. Microsoft at 5.63. So, so call that seven. We're plus at 12. A 12 uh, at 12.62. And then add Amazon to it. We're at 15.94%. Yeah. Add Tesla in, and you're up to... Is that- uh, Cresting almost 20? another fifty, just almost uh, yeah, almost seventeen. So yeah, almost eighteen so. percent. So like yeah, twenty percent in the top six stocks or seven stocks. It's pretty outlandish. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when you see a headline article that Microsoft and Google are taking it on the chin, mm-hmm. it's amazing just, how much things have declined though. Like right, J, uh, so uh, Facebook. Used to be like it was up huge. there with Amazon. It's now, you know, been cut in half almost. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah. So there's there's been a weird year. Uh, you're seeing the oil companies returning to uh, like Exxon's now number ten on the list. Tesla's still up there. 
Uh, Tesla oil- still blows me away that, you know, because well, what is it? Is it a tech company? Is it a car company? Is it a solar company? Is it this company? Is it that company? It's a, who cares, right? It's a, a lot of people buying the stock, and so the value is high, mm-hmm. right? It's a popular company is the answer. Uh, so there you go. But anyway, this was not intended to be the show of, uh, other than, you know, this wags the dog, right? If you've got Microsoft and Google, which are respectively number two and mm-hmm. numbers five and six, because right. Google occupied uh, five and six, right? You look at those two positions alone and you're going, well, those two stocks are going to be down about 5% or so tomorrow if the futures market mm-hmm. or the overnight trade holds. I wonder if that brings some more added volatility to the VIX, right? Because we had a pretty strong rally over the last day or two. And we what did we finish it? Well, so Where let's did we finish on talk the a little bit about what drives the VIX, right? Mm-hmm. And remember, it's, for our it's listeners, yeah, it's volatility fear. index, okay, that's what the VIX is. So it's the next 30 days out mm-hmm. of call options, I believe. Okay. Right, and so it's the price of options over the next 30 days. And so as if, right. if you have less predictability, you would expect the price of buying insurance to go up mm-hmm, because right? risk is going up. Right. So if you have more predictability, you expect it to go down. So this is a look over the next 30 days. And uh, the VIX has been gradually coming down, mm-hmm. I think, because we're pretty much going to get past the election and past the next Fed rate hike, both of which uh, the outcomes of the election are not determined, just so we're aware. There's a pretty good inkling about what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, even you know, even the media at this point is saying, well, we're projecting a, a swing in the House and in the Senate. Right, right. And and, and it's interesting because there's a, a very subtle acknowledgement right now that polling data underreports uh, conservative point of view mm-hmm. because the conservative point of view uh, has, to a certain extent, abandoned taking polls. Right. Right. Or they lie. That's another one. And that was evident back during Just because the Trump they, era. Because well, I don't want anybody to accuse me of voting it. for something like yeah. that and cancel me. But I'll tell you one thing in a survey, and then I'll go do something else. Mm-hmm. So the reliability of polling has been called into question recently for, for those reasons. Uh, and candidly, I get it. I mean, I, I if there's one thing I can sort of delight in right now, it is that cancel culture and some of this silly woke culture is is really getting a taste of its own medicine, if you will. Like the the, the it's like whole, eating itself in a sense. Yeah, and I've I've sort of talked about this in my own circles for a while. That it's unsustainable. You know, you can't have two competing ideas at the same time. Uh, you know, it's this is a weird one about like you can't have gender fluidity and feminism. They compete with each other, mm-hmm. right? It's so that that that's the issue. Is it's like well, you're gonna have to figure out what you stand for. <laughs> yeah, and right now you're. You're, you got a problem. And I'm not throwing rocks at people when I say this, right? I'm not trying to get people mad. I'm just saying you need some logical consistency in your approach to these things or people at some point are going to throw in the towel. Because mm-hmm. it's just – you, you can't gaslight me with stuff and say, well, it's this thing except when it's not this thing. you know. And, well, when is it not this thing? When I feel like it. Well, that, it's it's like quit it with the whole Lucy and the football, Charlie Brown thing. Like enough already. Just, yeah. you know, 
hold the football in place. <laughs> <laughs> or no, I'm not going to try to kick it. That's just how it goes. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, the, 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 the bigger point is seeing the VIX come down suggests that, uh, and I've said this on the program before and I still stand by it. I, I don't think the election sways the market much. I or as much as cares. some people are saying that it will. Yeah, it's just like it, sure it might have an impact, but is it going to absolutely completely change the scope of the market? Largely no. Right. And that my cynicism comes out that everybody's installed by money. Money has competing interests and so it's not always the people's business. It's just about the you know talking like it's the people's business to get elected to then go about the interest of special business or the business of special interests. So mm-hmm. uh, we're just kind of there and uh, you know, here's here's a novel thought. I, I continue to say, if we want a grassroots movement, uh, I, I think there's a couple interesting things. If you want more moderate candidates, I think ranked choice voting is an interesting one, at least in the um, the primaries. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're not a huge fan of mail-in ballots. So uh, mail-in ballots is really not part of this okay. consideration. I mean, the mail-in ballot issue. I understand where people come from on mm-hmm. that one. They get. There's some frustration about, on the one hand, the evidence we have is largely that there's not cheating, but then there's another group that says, but we don't test it a specific way that would identify cheating. And then when you say, can we test it that way? And you go, no, no, no. Then people go, well, then what if it is cheating, right? It's just, Mm -hmm. again, it's that whole thing of, well, we don't have any evidence. So, well, then why don't? So we shouldn't validate it anyway. I mean, that's the, cir- the, right. the logic back and forth, and the fight continues, right? Uh, so, and I don't know. I mean, the the reality is that both parties. I know why they would anchor in, right? If your team won, then you would want to say, however it worked, I like it. Mm-hmm. And if your team lost, you'd say, I think you cheated. Here's my evidence. We should go test it, and then, <laughs> and then you're going to go because I want my team to win. And I go, right. all right, well, nobody's without a conflict of interest here. Yep. Uh, I would like elections that are trustworthy, mm-hmm. and when people say they are, and you go, well, would you be willing to test it this way? And they go, no. And I say, why not? I realize that it's a you know that that creates a a, a weird deal where it's like, well, where are you going to draw the line? You're just going to keep testing it until you find a flaw. I go. That's that's fair that you could you could make that accusation. But at the same time, if you're so confident, why won't you test it? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and why would you want there to be any chance of a flaw in the first place? Yeah. Right. So, so. Uh, it, but but my point: ranked choice voting isn't about how you vote. Mm-hmm. It's about saying that at least in the primaries, when you are trying to select for in a two party system, what happens is you um when you're only trying to appeal to people voting. Like like in the primaries, let's say you're uh, here in Douglas County, you're in a, a Republican trying to run for office, then you have a fairly strong Republican base here. So everybody wants to be more aggressive as a conservative to out conserve <laughs> conservatize whatever you call it <laughs> the other candidates. Right? Let me out. Let me be more attractive than the other candidates running for office in the same. Category other Republicans, right? So let me Almost be the more conservative. One up, one up the other. Well, what happens is you get more extreme positions, and then when you get into the general election, it's more polarizing. So ranked choice mm-hmm. voting would be the idea of well, then vote for your number one candidate, but also your number two and number three candidate, and so forth. And then we're going to tally everything, and we're going to see who gets the aggregate of the most votes. So you may not get your first choice, 
but you might get your second choice, and there might be enough number two. Oh, I see what you're saying. You sort of rank out higher, and what it does is it produces a more moderate candidate, right? Mm. And and then you get more moderate candidates, which in theory are more likely to cooperate with each other. I see what you're saying. Right. So so that's an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need ranked choice voting for at the end of the day, right? You know, you don't rank choice vote and end up with like a president and a vice president that hate each other or something like that. But I could see it in the primary. That could be interesting, though. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe. But but the real idea, and this one has, like, it, this would affect a lot of things really interesting. Like, blow the whole system up. Oh, boy. I know, How do right? we do that? Well, I'll tell you after this evil profit break. So stick around, and we'll be right back. Uh, where I don't know how we got talking about the election, but what the heck? We're talking about the election. It's True Wealth Show. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Matt Dixon. And you got True Wealth on News Radio 1240 and 93.9 FM and all that. All right, gang. Welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. Dave Littlejohn in studio with Matt Dixon. And no, let's not burn it to the ground. Okay. That was me. Uh, a side note, uh, I'll get back to the – and reminder, if you're just joining us, grab the podcast. It'll be at uh, our website, littlejohnfs.com. It's also on all the favorite podcast places. You can look up The True Well Show uh, and Little John. If you look that up, you'll find us. Okay. But uh, anyway, at the break, I get the, the Yahoo push notification that Brittany Griner, if you remember this name, she's the WNBA gal that uh, got – caught in Russia with in possession of a uh, what would be considered by most a very trivial amount of um, it was T I don't know if it was THC or C and C B D. Anyway some. it's it's a it's a banned substance in Russia. And because she was a semi public figure in the midst of Russia being pretty angry with the way the United States is back to Ukraine, uh, at least this is my take on it. They threw not just the but it was a, it's it appears to be a farce of a trial. Again, I, that's my opinion. I'm just throwing that in there. But it looks like a farce of a trial, and they convicted her of possession and sentenced her to nine years in a Russian prison. Mm-hmm. And they are transferring her to a, a Russian penal colony now, and uh, expect it to be pretty miserable. Her appeal was not great. You know, she she appealed. They denied it, and. She's she's basically a pawn in a political she statement is. She is. from Russia to the United States. And, you know, and I will say I don't really care about the, the thing about the United States is you get free speech and you get, you know, a lot of choice. OK. And so even if I would have chosen different things than her, I, I think we're at a point where Russia is just being straight up cruel. Right. This yeah. isn't a political prisoner. This is anything. Like this is Russia just showing the character of a system that is corrupt. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, that's again. I'm not suggesting the United States isn't corrupt in in many respects. I think I, my trust level in a lot of traditional news sources is pretty low these days. Mm. Yeah, I, I say that as we're on like a news source, right? They're how the oh the irony. Are we the news though, or are we just? You know, I'm going to do the best we can Let's to be, be we're local educational and transparent resources. and honest about what we can, right? Yeah. Uh, and and part of it is you always just say what's in it. Like if you want to follow the money, right? What's in it for us? It's an advertisement mm-hmm. for our business where we do financial planning and investing for people. 541-375-0898. Right? We said it. Boom. Right? There you go. There's our conflict of interest. Now filter as you need to. 
Okay, if you mm-hmm. think we're full of nonsense, then I guess don't call. If you find yourself going, you know what, these guys, maybe there's something there. It's not just guys. We got gals on the team too, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, maybe this this group is somebody we need to learn more about. And I'd say, great, we'd love to meet you, and we'll see how we can help. Now, back to the election. Okay. Okay. Which again, I don't think is going to have any bearing on the markets. So, uh, and if it could, I just don't think it will, right? And so there you go. There's my disclosure too, because someday some regulator may listen to this and try to say, "Can you say that on the air?" And I, but gosh, I, I did. So like, yeah. <laughs> it's not here's, investment here, advice. Here's my crazy idea about how to clean up politics. I've actually said this before, which is, I think that we should create an amount and determine what it is, a, a reasonable, and, and reasonable is I realize that's like how many angels can dance. Are you going to say like amount that they can spend on their campaign? Nope. Okay. I'm going to say an amount that can be donated to a campaign. And that the, the, what part of what blew this whole thing up was the idea that Citizens United was a decision at the Supreme Court level that said companies in the name of being able to speak freely, free oh. speech for companies can decide where to place their money mm-hmm. as part of free speech, and therefore they can make political contributions. Are you saying that these politicians owe these companies too many favors? I'm not saying – I mean, you can read between the lines and say what you want. Okay. What I'm saying is if you want to get out of the world of votes for by dollars, mm-hmm. then – you come up with a number. Like, let's say we. Make There's it a like, salary cap that you're proposing here. Proposing Just like the in... equivalent of a salary cap. All right, you're speaking bucks, NFL terms now. You're getting a hundred dollars uh-huh. as a starting point per social security number. Oh, okay. And what that does is, you know, you get and it, and it can be tracked by social security number. It should be right. And if you mm-hmm. end up donating more than that, then you're in violation. I think the IRS has the mechanisms to track this. I think that if you try to give cash under the table to a political campaign and they can't account for where the money comes from and can't link it to its source, you have a problem. But see, companies don't have social security numbers, mm-hmm. right? Companies have tax ID numbers. And so what it does is it says, you need to have a social security number or some kind of equivalent voter identification number that says you can legally vote, and in in our election cycle, and you're the and you're the one that's allowed to make contributions. And now we're not saying companies don't have free speech. We're just saying voters are the ones that can pay to get a message out instead, instead of, of the special companies. interest, right? And so mm-hmm. we're saying you we all have the same free speech now. We can all buy the same representation, if you will. Right, because right now it's not in the people's hands; it's in yeah. the corporation's so, hands. So if people at a, at a grassroots level want to organize and all contribute to one campaign because mm-hmm. they believe in somebody, now they it's can possible. Do that. Right, but it's through crowdfunding, like you're, you're crowdsourcing your funding one person at a time with a cap, and you can index it for inflation and so forth. But I think that would, as best I can tell, that would scrub out the special interest. Because special interest can't outspend me, right? Mm-hmm. And and it would be really interesting because like a, there's there's been questions about well what do unions stand for? And go, unions may do a really good thing to help workers, but should unions be really big spenders in politics? Oh yeah, that's one thing that actually really irks me. Right, right. It would solve that, mm-hmm. right? Because the union would say, well, you're there for your workers. 
that workers have organized to be represented as labor, great. But you don't need to go out there and have massive political sway right. in the system unless you can convince all of yeah. your people to donate Because that way. not all of the people in that union are going to share the same political Correct. beliefs. And right now, that's the issue. It's, so I think that this is a way to clean a lot of stuff up. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I realize we're on, the True Wealth shows in the you know off the reservation of investments today i don't even know that i apologize for this no i just think as we're getting into that it is a really interesting consideration here like maybe we could look at it and, and like i don't think this favors one team over the other right it really doesn't I'm not, I'm not trying to set it up so that my belief system gets more play than somebody else's. Mm -hmm. You just want more power in the voice of the people than in corporations. I want the I want the governance to be for the people. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so if it's a good idea, we need to represent the people again. That's what needs to happen. And I'm also not in favor of getting rid of the original Great Compromise. I think that just because you got a whole bunch of people in New York and L.A., it doesn't mean that they know how to better govern Roseburg than we do. So I I like the idea that well, we can organize and govern ourselves locally here as best possible. And so, and by the way, <clears throat> at the risk of, again, irritating some people here. I'm okay with that today. But that's what the definition of Republican was. It wasn't originally means like, well, you're conservative or something like that. It was, I believe in the Republic structure, right? And the Republic structure is local governance gets priority. And then as you expand out, you've got your local governance and then you have some regional governance and then national governance. And, you know, national governance does best for things like the military, mm-hmm. okay? Local governance is better for, like, law enforcement and fire. I don't need Washington, D.C. regulating our fire department. It's ridiculous, right? Yep. Well, they know about how to get things distributed. I, this is, I say this a lot, too. It's like, what does Washington, D.C. About, know about forest fire management? Well, they know where the money goes, and that's how we work it, mm-hmm. right? So I think that Oregon knows how to manage forest fires, and we should be trusting our region to do what's in our best interest. We could certainly listen, and, and but but you know, don't, taking the control away from the from the locale, mm-hmm. that's it, it's the equivalent of saying like, well, farmers don't know what's best for their own fields. Mm-hmm. You go, but that's their job is to take care of it, yeah, because they need it next year and the year after and the year after. So farmers going to be a steward of the land, mm-hmm. and you go, why why would you take that control away? So anyway, that's a philosophical approach here. And how that affect how that affects the investment market? I don't know. I just know that if we're out there, and I'm encouraging people to think about what team you align with, right? I don't think it's as simple as majority rule, mm-hmm. right? I think majority rules on on some stuff, but I think that we have to protect the minority sometimes from the tyranny of the majority. Because let's be honest, the majority, if whipped into a frenzy, can be really dumb. Yeah. Right. Like you get emotional and you know get a big group together. That's how mobs get started. And mobs IQs are pretty low. Yeah, mobs go to the lowest common denominator. Mm-hmm. That's that's a that's the scary thing about a straight. And if you don't believe role. it, go on YouTube and look up what happened in L.A. once the Lakers. Did you see that video? Uh, uh, yeah, I'll show it to you at the break. But look it up, like <laughs> L.A. Lakers mob. Look it up, flipping cars over, torching stuff, and it. It didn't start that way, right? Like those people no, in It started with, hey, we're pretty excited about a win. Right. And it turned into pandemonium. Or you know, you know and what? Chaos. It's not just a win, it's a let's destroy the place. Yeah. You go, that's counterproductive. So, mm-hmm. anyway. 
Well, speaking of counterproductive, us not offering reasonable investment insight. Do you have some investment insight that we're going to get to? I feel like there's something that we can There's going to be out. a little nugget. There's always a, a nugget. Golden or two. nugget. Uh, in particular, let's take the mob mentality for a minute. Okay. And talk about how it relates to investing. Well, we're going to talk about the 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 emotional context of investing. Okay. And some of the things that I just want to caution people about in the market that we're experiencing right now. Okay. But first, this critical profit break. Stick around. We will be right back. This is Dave Littlejohn and Matt Dixon, and you're listening to the True Up on News Radio 93.9 FM and 12:40 KQEN. All right, gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show, where me, your illustrious host, ha ha ha, Dave Littlejohn, is it with Just say your name, Matt. I'm here. <laughs> I'm alive. I'm like, kicking. I'm laughing because over the break, Matt did, in fact, go and look up the video. And it's yeah. like, this is from the- um, The 2010 finals. Yeah, and I was like, well, that's a while ago. I could come up with all kinds of riots where people went- doofus yeah you know? I mean, and he's people, like well yeah but that one i'm like oh that was the one like cars no. were getting flipped people uh, were getting beat in the street it's like they won the championship be excited and like celebrate and joy but it turned joy turned into violence mob iq all the pretty time. low that's happened at almost every nba championship people uh, getting beat in the street yeah it's it, because people just start doing dumb stuff i watched in well, the, I think you mentioned the Eagles, was it? So After they won the Super Bowl? I didn't, people. but maybe that's... Yeah. I was telling you that I, you know, I went to school in North Carolina, so I was a Tar Heel, and I can remember when Carolina beat Duke at home, and Duke was you know ranked ahead of him, and it was a big deal to win, and then everybody mobbed. Uh, the, Franklin Street is the main street, but it was... They made a bonfire... And people were like jumping over the fire, and they the whole street was crowded. And then at one point, some people got all excited and they flipped some cars on their roof. And it was really? like, and that's when the cops showed up and broke the whole thing up. Oh, and all geez. the students scattered like you know cockroaches <laughs> with the flashlight turning on. It was just insane watching people do this level of stupidity. You got a front row seat, huh? I watched somebody throw a couch out of an eight-story building. Oh and shatter on a basketball court down below. And I'm like, who thought it was a good idea to throw a couch off a balcony? You're like, I think I'm done. This has gone a little too and far. And I'm like, this is an institution of higher learning. Let me explain to you exactly what mom mentality looks like, right? Because the IQ doesn't go up. How does it relate to the invest? Well, you, you hinted at this before the break. The, do we get mob mentalities so, in the investment I mean, land? You definitely can get mob mentality. Uh, usually, this is sort of the the joke is that this is there's the the smart money, there, there's there's fast money, smart money, and dumb money, right? And mm -hmm. usually, the dumb money, usually, is the retail money, right? This is when the average person decides that they're going to become an expert in the stock market and gonna go start trading. Are you? Are you we saw a little bit of that, right? Like we were printing money there, giving out a ton of Look, COVID relief money, and a lot of it went to the markets, in right? In 2021, you did not need any talent to make money in the markets. Mm -hmm. Okay? I mean, you, you just didn't. And in fact- Well, you, the IPOs were insane. You, It wasn't about IPOs, just everything was going up, right? They, the, with the Fed printing money and suppressing interest rates, 
there was nowhere else for money to go. And so the retail market also, especially like coming out of 2020, that you had a bunch of people that were at home, couldn't work. So they started trading. Mm-hmm. Right? And there were some smart people that snuck in there and made boatloads of money. Oh, yeah. Right? And there were people, the, the folks that figured out the GameStop deal about, it was over a year ago now. The folks that figured that out, that was really like remarkable market insight. And they, the, the, the folks that doubled down on that early and rode that thing up and then cashed out, there were folks that didn't just make millions. They made like double digit millions of dollars on that deal, mm-hmm. like, like life changing money. You know, like change your family tree kind of money. Yeah. Well, that there was a lot of money that flew in there, and and then you saw like Reddit groups explode, and and, and then you actually got a whole different thing. Like this is a thing. I'm gonna say it on air. It sounds awful, but I'm gonna say the whole thing that came out of this, especially this year, called loss porn. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you've never heard of this, this is people on Reddit boards publishing their investment losses. And and then just people commenting and and really it is it's really raunchy but there's a whole bunch of people just mocking bad investment decisions. Mm-hmm. It's pretty hilarious. And some of it's almost encouragement, like good job, like way to lose that much. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and there's a bunch of jokes and social cues that have come out of it. I think I'm just too old and irrelevant to know these things anymore. But th- I mean, there's a lot of a lot of stuff that's come out of it. Well. That whole thing was an explosion of retail participation in the marketplace. Yep. And then the markets have followed suit and broken down. What I will tell you is that it is super rare that you can have the tools at a retail level to compete with institutional level trading, mm-hmm. right? They just have a different viewpoint and different access to the market than you do, which is why it's really, really hard to out trade and most traders fail at it. It's not impossible. There's some people out there that, that have done it but it's super, super rare, okay? And uh, I always remind people, if somebody's willing to sell you their method to make millions in the stock market, you are part of their method to make millions in the stock market, mm-hmm. right? Buy this from me so that I have your money and you don't, and then you can take information and good luck with it. Yeah. Uh, why would they need to tell you if they can just print money in the market? They don't need your money. They could just go trade it and make a whole boatload. So why would they give you their method? Oh, you know, they're really altruistic. That doesn't make any sense, right? It doesn't make any sense because the more people that participate, the more people that know about an exploit in the market, the less likely it is for that exploit to persist. Okay, listen to that again. The more people that know about an exploit in the market, the less likely that exploit will persist. Okay, it's not gonna stick around because once it's figured out, it's not an exploit anymore. And it's not worth anything. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, it washes it out. So it doesn't make sense that anybody would give away their secret sauce. And you see this, like a lot of pros are like, oh, well, you can get my, sure, you can get my computer program that will tell you what to do. Oh, how does it make the decisions? I'm not telling you, it's a black box, you can't see it. <laughs> Why not? Because it's a secret. I can sell you the secret and it'll work, but if I show you the secret, you'll try to duplicate it. Yep. There you go. I mean, this is this is a, <laughs> a pretty straightforward stuff. I don't know why people struggle with it. Anyway, uh, so if the retail money is the, the the money that's the least flighty or considered the least intelligent, why? 
Why is that the issue? What, what happens? And the answer is your emotions get in the way. It's true. Which is exactly what we're talking about with mob mentality and so forth. Is uh, we, You guys know, if you've listened to this program for any amount of time, you know that we have an investment committee and this professionals that get together and we meet every Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. Right? So the show's post that. And today it was all about, hey, things are actually going well right now. Are we going to allow our positive emotions to change our approach to what we're doing in the markets? Yeah. And then even on a smaller scale, looking at each individual position and mm-hmm. saying, okay, well, we, you know, one person might be more emotional on one position than another. And that's why you have everyone there to balance each other out Yep. because you might have a bias towards a company, right? Oh, sometimes we call it out. Yeah, right? I mean, this morning We've all you're admitted, like, we have. I have a bias at cost toward it, Costco. Yep. Every and right? you know what? I applaud you because every meeting you say it. Hey, I love Costco. I'm gonna just throw it out there. It's hard for me to to yeah, see this thing clearly. Like, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm objective. I just really like Costco. I love that dollar and fifty <laughs> cent hot dog and the fact that it's inflation proof. Yeah, that's it. And by the way, me saying that that's not a recommendation either. Just because I like it doesn't mean you should. It's just I'm just you know. Disclosing, I emotionally compromised. I I like to go to Costco and go treasure hunting. Are you there for the quantity necessarily no. when you shop, or are you no, just there just because get eclectic stuff? And I'm like, how did I not know that I needed that? Like <laughs> six LED flashlights that are all rechargeable in my pickup truck. I want it. Yes, yes. And if they will Bluetooth to my phone so I can turn them all on at once, how, how come that doesn't exist already, right? So, it's true. Yeah, yeah, it's that kind of silliness. So you're not necessarily there for the paper towels and, and everything that are... Well, that aren't... happens too, okay, but the okay. serendipity is divine, right? Mm. I mean, like, oh, that's a thing that I should have. You don't need that at all. You have three of those, I, but I don't know where it is right now. My trick for Costco is I don't go in with a cart because if I do... I will fill it up. And so as I'm walking through, if I really want something bad enough, I have to turn around, go back to the front, and get the cart. So it gives me a little bit more time to think about. Do Are you I really... kidding? Now you're getting your steps in, too. It's brilliant. I know. <laughs> so it's exercise and shopping. Mm-hmm. See, I told you, Costco is fantastic. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> There's a funny story about Costco where like, they had a bunch of execs in doing okay. an inspection and um i know some of the people that work there and they're like well all the big wigs are here and um for whatever reason they were going through and um you know somebody uh, another person that, that was there recognized me and said hi and then the costco guys were there and i had to tell them it's like this is unsolicited but i'm a shareholder and i'm pretty much this is my favorite store in <laughs> fact the other night at dinner my family and i we were making a joke if you had to like shelter up in one store well and my and my daughter was like i think costco they have everything and we're like that is a really good call especially if it's bed you season could, yeah because you Cause could you even, get a mattress too <laughs> and you could entertain yourself oh there's, for an infinite amount of time oh, i mean like you could you could pull this off you know it's mm-hmm. like huh and i could learn to drive a forklift so like it's just a win-win-win there you go anyway my gosh uh let's <laughs> when david <laughs> retires I want everyone to remember this show because I'm calling it now. You're going to be one of the people that works there is like giving out samples. You're, and you'd love it too because you'd get to talk to everyone. 
And if there's one thing I know about David, he loves the chat. He is an extrovert. Yes. That's true. All right, let's do this. Why don't we grab our last <laughs> break before I send my application to Costco? All right. All right. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Matt Dixon. And you're listening to True Off on News Radio 93.9 FM and 1240 KQEN. All right, gang, welcome back to the home stretch of the True Wealth Show, where you really should be catching up where we've learned today. What did we learn, Matt? We learned what you're going to do in retirement. We learned... Um, yeah, so that we learned Dave likes Costco, uh-huh. that uh, mobs are stupid, and, and that I believe that we should get the money out of finance by having people... Be, by capping the amount of donations to political campaigns on a social From security number basis. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to have a social security number in order to donate, and you cap it at a certain amount, and everybody gets the same cap. So there you go. There's the summary for the show. You can skip the podcast. We saved you a bunch of time. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, if you did want to maybe hear the exposition, podcast is available at littlejohnfs.com, where we also disclose that we have a conflict of interest and in that if you follow the money, this is actually a commercial for our business. Mm-hmm. And you can get to us at Five four one three seven five zero eight nine eight. But who's asking? Mm. Uh, oh, we even have an email address. We do info at littlejohnfs.com. Oh my goodness! Look at that. Can we, you even text that? You can even text the phone number. Text and, us real quick. We would love yeah, to hear from s- you. If, if, send texts to the main number five four one three seven five zero eight nine eight because the uh, the back office loves. Mm-hmm. text messages do it it's like their favorite so do that uh, also uh, we're not going to do it for this show because we're running out of time but i feel like we it's i feel like it's time matt time to like open the phone lines because kyle bailey taunted us during the break he did he did <laughs> he came by and poked his head in and said i was thinking about costco when matt said you could be one of those uh <laughs> servers sample guys it's yeah. like <laughs> he said, "You just put up, put up a stand that says, you know, sample financial advice." And <laughs> <Matt> I <laughs> roared. I can just see you with the hairnet too, <laughs> like hairnet, giving financial, you know, financial advice, advice with a hairnet. It seems so legitimate. Uh, mm-hmm. Who wouldn't trust me in a hairnet? I would actually love to go do that. Like if you gave me the opportunity, I would stand in in Costco. Stand in and, Costco and give out financial advice. Uh huh. I would. The the thing is, is it just like. You know, somebody walks up and goes, all right, advise me. Quit spending so much money. (laughs) Exactly. Take two items out of your cart right now. (laughs) Don't come in here with a cart in the first place. At which point Costco says, you cannot come back. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, You're not good for sales. Oh. um, What would you sell, David, if if you had the podium and you could sell financial advice? Not that you're not doing it right now. But if you could just give someone like one little gold nugget, because we promised our listeners some type of gold nugget, what would you give them? What would you say? So, you know, you can't make recommendations on air. No. But I can tell you that there's a few things that I think uh, people really ought to understand. You know, one of them is that. Don't make emotional decisions. Well, uh, yeah. Avoid emotional decisions in general. Mm -hmm. Um, Establish your rules of engagement before you start, not after. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So, yep. so, so know your disciplines before you get going. Don't um, get greedy. I'm going to throw that one out there. Yeah, that's more of a trader's mentality. Yeah. It's like, it's okay to take a win. 
You know, yeah. if you're trying to get to the very perfect top and the very perfect bottom, you're going to drive yourself nuts and you're going to be wrong a lot. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just the meat of the trend is what you need. Yep. Uh, the other thing is you don't have to make all or nothing decisions, right? It's okay That's a good to point. trim a position or to add to it, right? If you really believe in something, you can get more of it. Mm-hmm. If you are concerned that something is overpriced, you can sell part of it, right? This idea that it's an all or nothing decision, I think, is a real problem for people. Um, right. The other is, I think mutual funds, by and large, are still pretty effective. That doesn't mean you don't need to do your research and that there's not bad ones out there, but they they get sort of a bad rap. Uh, and, and even though we don't use a lot of mutual funds in our firm, I'll just say it, right? But they get a bad rap when people are, oh, look at the expense ratios of this, that, and the other. You should just go buy an index fund and go cheap, 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 cheap. And they go, index funds are great at what they're great at doing. Mm-hmm. But they're not great at doing everything. Okay, true. So, so there, and and I and I think that the Roth IRA doesn't get enough good press. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Right. I, I just think the Roth IRA is this really really flexible tool. If I could convince more young people early on in life to take a look at that, a hard look, I think that they're. Um, Again, you can't give advice on a generic basis here, but I'm just saying go look into this because what typically happens is you're at one of the lowest tax brackets you're going to be early in life. I think we can also say, I don't think this is giving financial advice, but going off of what you just said, if you're young and you have money available to invest, look at where the market's at right now. Yeah, get get started is the yeah the, you, know, you can't keep waiting forever yeah, right because here's the trick you, you just have to make some assumptions about that we're not at the end of the world mm-hmm. okay and if we are well then it doesn't matter right right so so that's the thing is that if you were to look at probabilities again since you can't give advice but let's just talk practically uh if the world ends your money doesn't matter mm-hmm. and if it doesn't end it does matter and by and large, unless the United States abandons capitalism, capital is very clever and has demonstrated throughout history that it has been undefeated at figuring out, even when there are problems, how to work its way around and go on to be profitable. Yeah, we move on to higher highs eventually. Right? So if capital you have a long is time clever, horizon. and it comes down to a really simple thing. We all must eat. Yep. Right? That's That makes the economy go. We consume energy to exist, and therefore we have to get more energy. And that starts a chain reaction of all of the other cogs in the machine that go. Mm-hmm. Right? And and we've added layers of sophistication and, we you know, pleasure and indulgence and other things along the way. I mean, like, you don't really need a cell phone, but... We all say you must have one because in this world, if you don't, you're you can't keep up and you can't access information and you know it's going to hurt you. And so, okay, whatever. The point is still, you have a cell phone because you have to eat. If you go back far enough, yep, right? just chase it to the end of the rainbow. That's Your boss what might not like it if they can never get a hold of you. It's well, you know, it's a byproduct yeah. of you have a job because you need to have money because you need to get food. Right. Thanks. <laughs> So not it, very many alarm clocks out there, but there's a lot of phones waking people up to get your butt to work. It's so, it's that you can so make the silly, money but if you it, 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 that's that's why one of the things that's truly destructive is, uh, you know, statistics that I heard lately, because this has been the show of like Dave kicks hornet's nest. You know, if I can make somebody mad, I think I'm doing it today. 
A uh, statistic I heard from Mike Rowe recently said that we've got 7 million males between the ages of 25 and 54 that have left the workforce and are not searching for work right now. Well, what are they doing? I have no idea, but they're not working. That's the golden question. That is the golden question. And you look at that and go, if you create an environment where nobody has to go back to work, at some point they might not. Mm, they're all at, trying to be YouTube influencers. Well, and at that point, you go, well, what does that mean economically? And the answer is it can be tough. Because if the government's going to prop up one group, then how many more people decide to quit? And then asking the people that are working to pay more to prop up the more people that keep quitting. That's that's the scarier scenario, right? Mm -hmm. That's the idea of, well, we've kind of abandoned capitalism. How, yeah, how, and we're just going to life support everybody. Yeah. How can we afford to keep losing employees and the workforce? At what point does it break the camel's back? Well, that's what the Fed is doing right now, isn't it? Yeah, Let's they're keep trying raising to. rates until we crush inflation and we kill the job market and drive prices back down. And at some point, people will run out of savings. And if there's not a safety net that can prop them up, then we'll see how the economy changes. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's the music. We're out of time, so I guess we better run. But one last time, Matt, how do they reach us? Give us a phone call at 541 375 All right. You can also email us at info at littlejohnfs.com. Or like I said, you can text us at that number. But we got to run. So until next time, this has been Dave Littlejohn. And Matt Dixon. You've been listening to True Wealth on News Radio 93 and 1240 KQN. The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.